Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. We are chucking right along Hebrews chapter 4. Lots of really great stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As we've talked about the warning, the promises, uh, talking about the rest that we will be able to enter by the blood of Jesus Christ. But, um, you know, today I, I'd kind of like to talk about, I don't know, maybe it's a little side note, just dropping in here, some interesting tidbit that I find in the middle of this conversation. It's not what it's not what Hebrews 4 is about, but it's something I think we find here that's really interesting. Oh, no, I'm looking forward to talking about this today because, as we mentioned yesterday, what we see going on here is a great sermon, an inspired sermon okay. from a psalm. Inspired because it appears here in the book of Hebrews, right? And so mm-hmm. I think it, it's good to think a little bit about inspiration. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about David and the Holy Spirit. So, so why don't you read for us a little here's bit? Here's something that uh, the Hebrew writer pins. Today I'm going to read Hebrews 4, verses 5 through 10 from the New King James Version. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, And those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, today. After such a long time, as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. The 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 side note, it's just a it's dropped in here. It's not what Hebrews four is about, but it's something I think we can learn. I find it fascinating. So first of all, just the declaration that Psalm ninety five, as said in David, as said in David, or by David, mm-hmm. or through David. And we go back to Psalm 95, which mm-hmm. is the psalm that is being addressed here. And this is one of the psalms that has no heading. Hey, when we did our season on the psalms, we spent some time talking about those headings. And while they're not strictly considered Scripture, uh, they're very, 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 very old. Right? Well, some of those headings, yeah, there's there's debates about that re- regarding where those headings came from. Mm-hmm. Were they inspired? And we recognize that one of them, when it was quoted in the books of Samuel, uh, also had the heading. Actually, the heading was yeah, included. So, That's right. so there's some arguments both ways. We can go back to the season on Psalms and, and talk about that. But here there is no heading, but our Hebrew author tells us it's David. It was David. Possibly, possibly this is just a, an, an issue of David was considered the main author of the Psalms, mm-hmm. and so they would just, oh yeah, you know, in David, in David's writings, in this book that David is the lead author on, uh, one of the most prolific, maybe. Uh, however, either way, the point that I want to get at on this is still, I think, profound, mm-hmm. because back in chapter, here in this chapter, it's saying that he said in David, mm-hmm. back in the last chapter, yeah. it was that the Holy Spirit says Back in 3.7, uh-huh. therefore, as the Holy Spirit says. And he reads or quotes the last half of Psalm 95. Right. He starts his section of this letter sermon on Psalm 95. He's going back and forth at various passages in there. And now smack in the middle of his conversation about it, as he says, through David or by David mm-hmm. or in David. 
So Close here's David writing a psalm. Mm-hmm. Here's David writing a psalm, but it's actually the Holy Spirit speaking. But mm-hmm. it's David speaking. Mm-hmm. But it's the Holy Spirit. It's and what a perfect opportunity to spend a little time thinking about inspiration, yeah. as these scriptures are recorded by men, mm-hmm. and yet it is men who are moved along by the Holy Spirit. I'm I'm so glad we are talking about this. This is one of those questions I think that believers have. Um, you know, what is inspiration? Exactly how does that work? I'm teaching a high school Bible class, and I'm doing a You Asked For It night, mm. okay? And just taking their questions in and kind of answering them one at a time. And one of the ones I got recently was, how do you know the Bible is inspired besides the fact it says it is inspired? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good question. That's a pretty good question. And uh, we we worked through some fingerprints of God. Um, but one of the places we began was just talking a little bit about definitions. What do you even mean inspired? What are we saying when we're saying the, you know, Bible's inspired? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I kind of open up to the kids, kind of get a sense of our starting place. Well, what, what does inspired mean? Boy, I heard some great things. They said, well, it means you're motivated and it means you're, you're stirred up, um, one of them said, inspired means you feel goosebumps. Mm. You know, I'm writing all these things down. And isn't that the way we use the word inspired? That's the way we use it today, very in often. our language, in our time, Inspirational absolutely. literature. Yeah. That's that inspiring poster, the yeah. inspiring well, speech. You, you go to, to Barnes & Noble, and they've got the inspirational section, right? And it's all the chicken soup of the soul that makes you feel so good when you read that stuff. Goosebumps, I love that. But I said, but now guys, guys, when we're reading this word in the Bible, it means something else. That's right. And, and, you know, thanks to a variety of English translations, not all the kids in there had the same one. And while several of them are reading a passage, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration. Someone else had a passage, or uh, a translation said, all scripture is breathed out by God. Breathed out by God. Breathed out by God. And, uh, and that's really literally what that word is. It's breath of God and breathed out by God. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it certainly could have the effect of motivation. Mm-hmm. I said, but hey, guys, what, what about when you're reading Scripture and you want to cry and go crawl under a rock somewhere because you were convicted of the awfulness of your sin and how wrong you've been? You know, that's very different than, than the goosebumps and go get them feeling. Yeah. We're talking about the breath of God. It has come from God. That's what inspired means here uh, in, in Scripture. And then how God moves that breath through different human agency mm. writers, mm-hmm. like in the Hebrew example here, David. Now, or Moses, or John, or Peter, or Paul, or Matthew, or Samuel. Joshua, uh, Isaiah, any of these folks, the Greek word theopneustos, God breathed. Mm-hmm. You've got theo, God, and the the from spirit, pneuma, neustos. Right. And that's the one with a P. That's right. It has a P, <laughs> like, like, like pneumonia. Like pneumonia. <laughs> the, uh, the inspirited. Mm-hmm. So inspire, If even if we look at our English word, we actually see that connection to spirit when we start looking at the in. Spirit inspired. It is. It is something that has come by the breath of God, by the moving of God, by the blowing, by the wind, by the speech. And that's one of the things about speaking. Mm-hmm. Hold your breath and try to talk. 
I mean, you exactly. can't do it. Yeah. Speech takes breath. Mm-hmm. It takes the the blowing of air across vocal cords and through the mouth and across the lips and over the tongue and, and through the teeth and all of those kinds of things. And so this idea of God breathed mm-hmm. is the idea of the air and breath of God coming out as he speaks. And mm-hmm. that really ties into how the whole thing begins. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And how did he do it? And the Lord said, let there be light. Here is the breath of God that is coming forth. Mm -hmm. And I understand we're we're doing a little bit of anthropomorphism here on this, but here's the breath of God coming forth. And then, of course, the spirit of God hovers on the waters there at the beginning. So so we have that. So here is this, this book that we carry as a book. And it is written by men, people who have taken pen and put it to paper, and it's been copied, and it's been handed down, and it's been distributed. But what it's saying is, this is not just these men. David, mm-hmm. while David sat down and wrote, David had some experience that prompted him to write this poem in Psalm 95. There was some interaction with people. There was something that he was looking out, and he was seeing that they needed to be encouraged to worship. They needed to be drawn back from falling away. They needed to be reminded of where their fathers had been and the mistakes their fathers had made in order to encourage them that today we need to worship. Today we need to soften our hearts. Today we need to hear the voice of God. Mm-hmm. He, he had some kind of experience that led him to write that. That's him. He's going to use the words that he knows. He's going to write in the language that he uses. He's going to draw on the imagery that he has seen. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to speak from the experiences that he has had. But when he gets that on the page, what is there is what the Spirit wants there. Exactly, exactly. One of the, I think, helpful illustrations of this or explanations of this that I came across in reading uh, uh, early church fathers is that they had a way of explaining inspiration in the the process uh, of the picture of God, God the Holy Spirit, taking an instrument, if you can imagine a different type of, you know, a horn or a, a flute or mm-hmm. something like this, and they take it and they play it to make the sound they want to make. Okay, and and we understand that with a with a musician. Mm-hmm. If I want a guitar sound, I need to play a guitar and I need to play it expertly, right? Right. right. But if I want a trombone, I pick up a trombone and I play it and and I play it expertly. And so the Holy Spirit has selected men as the appropriate instruments at the time to bring forth the words and bring forth the message expertly mm-hmm. uh, to to craft that revelation, to bring it through. So God is powerful and amazing. He, he could absolutely run roughshod over the instrument and control it so that when he blows into a trombone, it sounds like a flute. Yeah, he, he, he could he do could. that. That's the kind of power he has. But what we actually have here is rather than God as the single author of Scripture using people in this monolithic, unified way where it all sounds the same, mm-hmm. he selects the instrument because here's a message I want to give, and this instrument is the one that produces that kind of message. Why yeah. is it that he chose David for yeah. Psalm 95? Because whatever makeup David was experiencing with his words, his experience, his language, his yeah. place in life, his the imagery that he knew how to use, the, the concerns that he had, the fears that he had, mm-hmm. would produce this message that God wants. Mm-hmm. And so he picks up David as the instrument, and he breathes through David, and his message comes 
through David. Yeah. We get to Luke and Acts, and we've got that same kind of thing. Why, why is Luke chosen to record Luke and Acts? Well, because mm-hmm. his experiences, his language, his intelligence, his knowledge, his, his time with Paul. Sure. It, it made him the perfect instrument for the Spirit of God to breathe through and produce this writing that helps us know about the life of Jesus and the early history of his church. To throw a word out there, the the word is providence, that we can take a comfort in God in his providence had prepared these different ones to be his writers, to have this inspiration, uh, to bring about the clear, clear rather, word of God, matching the spiritual things with the spiritual words, but through the individual uh, writers, apostles, and prophets that he had chosen. I think, the, to me, the working definition that I have for inspiration, at least the practical application definition, is it, it's not so much about how it got on the page, mm-hmm. but the fact that what we have is what God wants there. Sure, sure. And God may want it in this way. I, recently, I did a lesson on faith in the resurrection, and one of the big questions people have is is some of the—this is actually an article I wrote—the the, differences in the recorded accounts, you know, why wasn't it much more uniform? Well, what we find is, look, here's what God wanted in the four accounts of the Gospels. He wanted eyewitness testimony. Mm -hmm. He didn't want a contrived story that people could look at and say, oh, you guys, you guys colluded and wrote this. He wanted eyewitness testimony. And I think this is a really important point. He, He wanted us to be able to look at what these guys experienced and recorded and say, you know, this... This sounds like people who were there. Yeah. This sounds like people who talked to folks who were there. This this has that ring of truth because it is. Mm-hmm. Here's what God wanted, the way he wanted it, so we could learn the lessons he wanted us to learn. Absolutely. Lots of uh, inspiration is not a monolithic, singular, uh, simple. It is a complex thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what it means is God has in Scripture what he wants. Mm-hmm. Back to our Hebrew message we better listen to it. We better listen to it. As long as as long as it is called today, as long as it's called, we today. better listen to it. Yeah, we got to wrap this one yeah, up. This is we could spend a lot more time talking about this. Thanks for listening. Hope this is helpful. If you've got questions or comments about inspiration, about Hebrews, about anything else you're learning in Scripture, send us a message. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, I just want to thank you for your word, for revealing it, for inspiring it for giving us opportunity to study it and know your mind. May we continue to do so, bringing glory to you. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. So I'm going to read today Hebrews 4 and verses 5 through 7. Hebrews 4, verses 5 through 7. 
No, I'm not. What do you want? Ten? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, it doesn't matter. All right, here we go.